Praise the Lord and good day to you, whatever day it is, whatever time it is, wherever you might be. I thank God you found us on social media or you're watching live right now. You can find all that we do here at Crossway Church on the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. All the worship services, all the teaching sessions or the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. I'm asking the Lord daily to give us more and more viewers, not for the sake of following me, but for learning the truth of God's Word that's been hidden there for ages, not from us, but for us as treasure. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's the portion. That's, that's what the Holy Spirit guides the people of God in, the truth of God's Word. Hallelujah. That is how we're sanctified as Jesus declared in John 17 and 17 as He prayed to His Father in heaven. He says, Sanctify them through Thy Word. Thy Word is truth. So we've got to learn God's Word in the context of it being truth, meaning the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the work at Calvary. The work that made Jesus your door and everything he else he is to you. Hallelujah. Only the cross. Glory to God. How excited we are to be here on this 16th day of November in 2020 to be sharing with you the book of Romans. And we are in the last chapter of Romans. We began this Romans Bible study back in March of 2018, verse 1, verse 2, all the way from chapter 1 to where we are today. And we're excited about it. We are so blessed to have this recorded and out there session after session that anyone has access to on the YouTube channel. Again, Curtis Hutchinson, 316. Just start at the beginning with your Bible, your pencil, your paper and follow through and watch what the Lord will do for you. Hallelujah. And I just pray that today would be a great day. The Lord would impart the spiritual things that we need into our hearts as we, as we gather around His Word and we listen to what He would say to us. Not some preacher, not some other, but listen to what the Holy Spirit would say to us today as we study God's Word. He will impart to us that which we need if we know we have need from Him. He is the one who meets all the needs no matter what avenue it is. Body, soul, and spirit, it makes no difference. And we're just thankful to be here today. We will begin today in Romans chapter 16, verse 16. is where we are as we get ready to go through the last nine verses of this, or, or 11 verses rather, of this chapter. And uh, it's just going to be phenomenal as it always has been. And uh, looking forward to today's Bible study. The Bible says in Romans 16 and 16, Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. And uh, th this is, uh, you know, for us today to read this, we're like, man, I guess I'm going to have to miss out on some blessings because I ain't kissing nobody. And, but you have to understand, when this was written, and, and I have to clarify this. When this was written, uh, these folks over in the Far East, still to this day, greet each other with a holy kiss. I'm talking about 
men. I mean, it, women weren't included in this when it comes to men and women. I mean, uh, you have to understand the, 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 the way they live over there. I was in Saudi Arabia back in 1991 for three months, and I saw the way the Arabs and, 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 and the Jewish people, uh, they follow suit with some of these customs. I mean, they're, I mean, Israel... And they're not the other nations over there, but nevertheless, they still, listen, these folks still wear the long gowns, a lot, a lot of them. The women still keep their face covered, even in the restaurants that I went in. When, when you, when, listen, when, when they sit down in a booth, they close the curtain, the booths, the, the places they eat in restaurants have curtains that close so the, so the woman can take off her mask. It's still this way over there. And one day we were driving down the road and you know here in America when, you know, if, if two men were to see each other and wave each at each other going down the road and they both pulled over on the side of the road and got out and came up to greet each other, they, they would shake hands, how you doing it, you know, at the most they might bump shoulders up close, good to see you man, but over there it's, it's they still kiss each other and, and one day we were driving down the road and, uh, and, and these two vehicles up in the distance I saw had pulled over. And by the time we got there, these two big bearded men got out, ran up there, grabbed each other, and kissed each other like I would kiss my wife. And, uh, I mean, it, to some degree. Now, uh, they, they locked lips. And I know this is kind of weird, but they lock lips because that's the way they still greet. I'm talking about men and men. That's the way they greet. They, and, and, and this is why Paul wrote this. Salute one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a, a holy kiss. You know, that which is under the Lord, uh, that, that our meeting and our get-together is of the Lord. And, and, and he says, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. He says, now if you look back at the couple of sessions that we just previously had, especially the last session, uh, you will see how Paul listed like 18 or so people in this last portion of his letter to the churches in Rome and, and, and just uh, encouraging one another by listing these names and saying something different about every one of them, all encouraging, all, you know, some, uh, he even listed the first one that was the first convert in Asia. Wow, I mean, how special that is. Others he called prisoners with him of Christ and and just he said a lot of positive things as he gets ready to end this letter encouraging them letting them know I I remember you by name I'm uh, you know and all these good things Paul says because Paul at one time hated Christian people and maybe you and I before would have thought, man, I, I ain't going to no church. I don't want to have nothing to do with all that. I, man, I hate the sound of all that. And today, we love going together with God's people. We love fellowshipping with God's people. God changes the heart of man. That's the greatest miracle of all. And he says, the churches of Christ salute you. And then he moves into this, this mode just for a moment that Paul could really never seem to get away with. And some 
of God's people today really need to hear this so desperately and need to deal properly with this that the New Testament and really the Old Testament is full, and I mean full, I mean full and running over of God's warnings. That's one avenue through which he should be able to encourage us by warning us. And there's some in the body of Christ who think they've reached their level of being warned and now we, we don't need that anymore. We'll put the warning over here. Now we just move on. We don't need to be warned. And, and the Bible is full of warnings. The very first words God spoke to man, yes, came with great promise. But it came with a warning. You are free. First words of God to man. You are free to eat of all the trees in the garden. But don't eat off that tree of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Even John 3.16, the most quoted scripture in the Bible, comes with a warning. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should never. Oh, there's the warning of perishing for those that don't believe upon Jesus Christ. Now hear me today. It's, a, it's an avenue of God's loving reach to you to continue to warn you. Paul here is doing that. Watch very carefully. Don't get tired of being warned, for you are in greater need of being warned than you could ever legitimately acknowledge in your mind. Let me say that again. We all have a greater need to be habitually, continually warned by God than we could ever imagine we have the need for. Thank God for the ministers who preach the cross and warn at all times against all things that are not faith in the cross. You see, God's narrowing everything down. It's not the world. They're not in control. God's in control. There's nothing new under the sun. God made the end known from the very beginning. And by the time God reaches the place in His dealings with Israel, there will be two wit not a whole church, not a whole bunch of two witnesses, and they will be declaring the blood of the Lamb. They won't be declaring all the financial blessings. They won't be declaring all the get-rich schemes. They will be declaring the blood of the Lamb, and they will be hated tremendously. You need to hear this today. They will be hated because... Anything that's not right with God just really doesn't want to hear about Jesus and what he did at Calvary because they're perishing. Don't care what church they go to. Don't care what they say about some salvation they've had or, or might have. They're perishing. They're perishing if they're not hearing and desiring to hear and have their faith in the great faith, the great message of the cross. You need to understand that. We have a greater need to be warned than ever before. And the world is growing in its hatred 
to be warned. The church is growing in its dislike of these men and women who are warning them. It's time to get right. It's time to get right. Not just to get right in some way we think or so to get back to Calvary for it's the only right place with God that exists. Not some church building, not under some ministry. The only right place in God's eyes, in God's plan is faith in the sacrifice of Christ. For when there's a mixture in that avenue, we tell God from our hearts the cross was not enough and we do spite, the Bible says, to the Spirit of grace as we trample underfoot through mixture the blood of the covenant. Don't get tired of being warned and if you do, repent and say, thank you, Lord. Watch what Paul does now in Romans 6 and 17. He says, now I beseech you, brethren, Mark them, mark them, note them. Here goes Paul talking about folk again. You see, and you've got to know Paul is not blasting folks. It's one of the, it's one of the uh, uh, barriers that the people of God in these last days are going to have to break through. That's that barrier of hearing ministers warn and it sounds like they're bashing people, but really they're just marking them. They're noting their false doctrine. They're noting and marking their false, unbiblical objects of faith, which is anything other than Christ and Him crucified. My friend, you've got to break through that barrier. Listen carefully. These ministers are not bashing people. They're not bashing their character. They're not bashing them and their deeds. They're, they're really just pointing out, marking, noting, that's what this word means, those that cause division. Who is causing division? Well, King Ahab accused Elijah of causing division and being the troublemaker, but God spoke through Elijah and said, No, sir, no, sir. You're the one who's troubling Israel. Married to Jezebel, allowing her to rule. Didn't, Ahab didn't have his faith in Jehovah. He was trusting his wife. When he didn't get what he wanted, who did he run to? His wife. Told his wife. Jezebel, why, why did he run to her instead of God? Because God would have deal with his heart. His wife controlled him. Think about that. You need to remember that. Paul says here, mark them, note them, which cause divisions. The people who are in the church causing the divisions are not probably, for the most part, are not the people we look at and are causing the true division. Oh yes, there are troublemakers, there are gossips, there are, there are jealousy, envy, strife, all that exists among God's people. But the greatest division makers in the body of Christ is those who stand in pulpits and do not preach with determination this message of the cross. Determination to put nothing else before the people. No matter what portion of Scripture it is, it's only the blood that God is concerned with all His Word. You need to write this down. I've mentioned it and I'm going to continue. Exodus 24, verses 6 through 8. Go back and read that. Moses tells the people after the covenant, the law's been read, 
And, and, and they take the blood that's in the basin, they sprinkle it on the people of God, and then the declaration is made, Behold the blood of the covenant. Not the words of the covenant. Behold the blood of the covenant that I've made with you concerning all these words. Without my faith today in the blood of Jesus, I'm not going to understand the word. I'm not going to uh, be able to follow the spirit of truth as, as he desires to teach me the truth of God's word and lead me in the truth of God's word. For without faith in the cross, my faith is in something I'm doing, something I'm saying, something I'm doing. And my friends, the Holy Spirit's not sent to us to lead me in what we want to do, but to lead us into all truth, which is the only place God is found working. Hear me now, Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Write that down, Psalms 33, 4. It will bless you and, 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 and be a great movement forward to you, but it will also be very challenging to you because if you believe the Bible there, you're going to have to let go of some things you called God. An honest man, an honest woman will just take God's word and believe God's word. Let God's word be settled in your heart today. All his works are done in truth. And I know there are other versions of the Bible that rephrase that Psalm 33, 4. But when you look up the word they replaced for truth, its definition, truth is still there. Nothing is removed. All God's works are done, yes, in faithfulness. But yes, all God's works are done in truth. Truth is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. When there's a mixture, God is not pleased. Oh, that God's people would learn to recognize a grieved Holy Spirit concerning that which is false doctrine. And more, more than recognizing a grieved Holy Spirit when we sin, commit an act of sin, but learning to recognize a grieved Holy Spirit when we're believing that which is wrong and allowing the Spirit of truth to guide us out of that hazy darkness into the light of God's truth once again. And when you get honest with yourself and with God, for it's only the honest heart that's the good ground that's able to cling to the Word and, and, and the Word of God bring forth fruit, Jesus taught. You need to hear this today. The ones who are causing division at the greatest and highest levels among God's people are those who are not teaching the doctrine that Paul taught. Not moving in, in the avenue of being determined to be focused on nothing but Christ and what he did at Calvary, but other things. And I know preachers, my friends, that have said, do we really want that message coming into our town? Now, I don't know their heart, so I really don't know what they really in the full detail meant by that statement. But do we really want the message of the cross coming into our town, taking over our town? Yes, we do. 
And those who speak that, they may be ignorant. And that they're not dumb, they're not ignorant, but they may just not know this message yet. So we don't boot them out, kick them aside, but when they make comments, is that they really don't want this message in their town because it might take over, it might take people away from their church, it might ruin what they have worked so hard for, what they have going on. They're to be marked, they're to be noted. Don't be angry when you find men and women obeying God's word, marking, noting those who are causing division. And yes, sometimes even we have to call their names. You, you don't tell your children just to go outside and watch out for anybody that's drug dealing. Maybe you just keep your eyes open, kids. You just don't know what's going on. No. You tell them that's where Joe lives. He's a drug dealer. Stay away anywhere. Do not go anywhere near Joe's house. Know them, mark them, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned and avoid them. See, when you, when you, in your place of desperation, cry out to God for why you're still confused after all these years. You're still not sure of this, not sure of that. There's things you just can't put your finger on. There's things you just can't explain like you know you should be able to. You're just, it's just not clear. And, it, and the devil whispers, well, nothing ever will be. And you, No, no, God wants you to be grounded and stable and being established in the truth, led by the Holy Spirit of truth in more truth. He wants to guide you in all truth and He wants to move you out of that clay, that cloudy place. He, he wants to move you into a more clear, stable place. And He can do that if you'll realize how desperate you are. And that desperation will far outweigh what you think about what others will care about you when God begins to offer you the way of the truth, my Christian friends. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions among you. That word mark, it means to note them. Now watch this. There are two places in the New Covenant that the Bible tells us to mark someone. And this is one of them, those who are causing offenses, uh, contrary, they're causing offenses that are the offense is here that they're teaching things contrary to the doctrine. Paul is saying, you've learned of me. This message of justification through faith in the cross, this message of sanctification exclusively through faith in the cross that he's taught them in this very letter to them. Mark them that teach anything contrary to this. Mark them that take away from this. Mark them that try to add and remove this what you've learned from your heart. Mark them and avoid them. And folk want to get mad because we get up and get out. Yes, these pastors, they've been talked to. They've been asked questions about why are you teaching this when the Bible says this? Don't you see the focus is the cross? And they refuse that. Like the pastor I did not name, but I mentioned earlier, he says, do we really want that message? coming into our town. 
Listen, the other place in the New Testament we read where we're told, really we're not really told, we're commanded. These are commandments to those who love Jesus. He said, my friends are those who do what I command them. And, and, and really, this next one is not in the New Covenant. So let me back up and rephrase what I said. There are two places in the Bible, one in the New Covenant, one in the Old Covenant, that tells us to mark a man. Paul writes, we just read it, those that are teaching contrary to what this, the doctrine he's taught and that we've learned through him this message of Salvation and sanctification, exclusive faith in the cross, becoming more and more determined to know nothing other, to trust in nothing other, to not let me add anything for those are the ones who are causing division. They creep in among us unaware, nice and pleasant and mannerly and sweet, yes, saying the right things at first, then gradually moving us away from where we need to be. And we always look back in Exodus chapter 32 when Moses is on the mountain and the people of God build a golden calf. But oh, they thought they would try to manipulate God and oh yes, we'll build an altar right beside the golden calf because oh, we've got to keep God in this now. But notice this. When Moses came down the mountain, the instructions were, who's on the Lord's side? The Levites came out. God ordered through Moses that the golden calf be crushed and the people who didn't come out, all the other 11 out of 12 tribes had to drink the bitterness of what they'd built. God was not pleased just because they were claiming faith in the sacrifice and the calf. God was not pleased. He's not pleased when there's a mixture. He's, he's patient with us. He's long-suffering, but He is not pleased. And we should learn to recognize the grieving of the Holy Spirit when there's a mixture in our hearts. Amen. There's a whole lot of closeness that we claimed we have with the Holy Spirit, but how can that be if we don't recognize when He's grieved? Oh, we, we recognize him being grieved when we commit an act of sin, or do we? Do we just know it in our head that he's probably not happy about that? He's probably grieved about that because the Bible says that. But then while we're in false doctrine for 40 years, why, why do we not recognize him being grieved about that? Because he is. He is. For the preacher who would say, do we really want that message in our town? The Holy Spirit's grieved with that. But let me get to this before we run out of time today. And we may have to stay here for a couple of sessions. But under the Old Covenant, the scripture is Psalms 37, 37. Easy to remember. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. Well, who is the perfect man? I didn't think there were any. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Well, first and foremost, you better put your mark on Jesus because he's the only perfect man that's ever lived. But here, the Bible's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about Mark. The perfect man. Make a note of the perfect man. Mark him 
and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. The end of that man is peace. That means those who have their faith in the cross, and Colossians 1.20 tells us that Jesus made our peace by the blood of his cross, and that peace extends to every day of our life on into all eternity after this life. We'll always have peace with God, the peace of God. But he says something here in this verse, Mark the perfect man, note him, and behold him. The upright. He's upright. He's, he's, he's living an upright life. That doesn't mean he's trying to do good. That doesn't mean he's got some good things going for him. Listen, I'm going to give you a scripture and I want you to put these together. I want you to pray and ask the Lord to help you. Psalms 94, 15. Watch. But judgment shall return unto righteousness. Righteousness only comes through faith in the cross, whether it's for your initial status of being righteous in Christ or it's your walk daily. Watch. But judgment shall return unto righteousness and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Mark them. Make a note of them. The upright in heart follow the judgment that has returned. Upright in heart is not the business owner who goes to church every week and has got a good reputation. The upright in heart are those who have returned unto the judgment that is righteous judgment. That means faith in the blood and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us so that our lives can be upright because we're following judgment that has returned unto righteousness. That means faith in the work of Christ at Calvary. So there's two places in the Bible. One of them's in Psalm 37, 37. Mark the perfect man. That means the man who's got his faith in the cross. And behold the upright. Behold the perfect man, the upright. That means the man, woman, boy, or girl who's trusting in the blood of Jesus, not and something else, not and anything else, but trusting in the blood of Jesus. For that is the only object of faith God has given us that His Word would be righteous judgment to us. For that is what, that is, that is God's judgment He made to declare you righteous through the blood. His Word to become righteous steps for you to walk in in that path of righteousness. Remember, write this down. I've got to close Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Think about that. All the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. We'll have to get back in this particular section uh, this Thursday. So join us at 8.30 a.m. right here every Monday and Thursday for this Bible study until we get through Romans and then we'll endeavor to move wherever God leads us after this. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to sow into good ground so that God can pour out upon you Oh, in many different avenues, and oh, yes, He will. When you're sowing into the truth, sowing into the gospel, not just some church, but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is going to make it to where you can sow and sow more. Hallelujah, because He will increase everything about you. 
The promise of God is that the increase of His kingdom has no end. So believe and believe big and be a part of where the message of the cross is being taught, preached, and believed. God bless you. We love you. You can give at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to 903-231-5950. I'll see you Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. God bless you again. We love you. And stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.